Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. Lady Mouse. Lady Hey ladies, this is going to be a fucking awesome episode of Lady Mouth because I got Beth here. Beth, let me tell you about Beth. Hi, Beth. Hello, Nancy. Thank you. Usually we call each other asshole or beautiful or gorgeous or hoe. And those are my favorite words with me and Beth. Mine is, my favorite is when we get on the phone and the first thing I hear in my car is asshole. <laughs> Because it says Beth Asshole on my phone in all caps, but it's not just asshole. It's like, I do, I go, asshole! But I'm also thinking of Kevin Klein and A Fish Called Wanda, you know? And that's where the charming part of it comes in for me. I'm not actually <laughs> calling you an asshole. I'm just trying to be like an Oscar winner, you know? Word. Word. <laughs> that was dumb. I'm sorry. I'm kind of dumb sometimes. Anyway... Ladies and gents and everybody who is listening to Lady Mouse today, we have the amazing Beth, one of my friends, besties. I don't know. I haven't seen you in forever. And uh, I was a lot closer with you and your sister about a year or two ago. I miss you guys. I will tell you that. I miss, yeah, I miss the hell out of you. Oh, my God. It's just because I separated from that group of friends. Like, how am I going to hang out with your sister? I need to hang out with you more. Exactly. A, a group of friends should not dictate how you hang out with an individual friend. You're absolutely right. It's a big insecurity of mine. In fact, there will be a future, well, yeah, there will be a future Lady Mouth episode with me and uh, a girl named Hannah. We're doing abusive friendships and I have a lot of field work. <laughs> like like when uh, Robert Downey Jr. quit drugs and then he was playing an addict, he's like, I've had 20 years of experience experience life experience i'm like yep abusive friendships that's me there you go yeah and oh, just so you guys know not beth or her sister who are some of the most amazing talented smart women i have ever been privileged to know and stop it i pay you too well <laughs> it's you pay me all in love my dear but mm -hmm. we are so beth why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before i start my questioning line Awesome. So I am a 38-year-old mother of one, nurse, advocate for anybody who needs an advocate. Um, I live in Pennsylvania, and I, I've really been a, I've been trying to become more of an advocate for not just women, but of minorities. Um, 
and just people who can't speak for themselves. That's that's similar to what I'm doing. I, I feel like, I mean, I know it's all about women talking, but I want to be for everyone. I, yeah. I want women to be to talk, but we're going to start our live stream. Hopefully Beth will join it. It's going to be called Loudy Mouth. It's for any gender, all 85,000 of them. And we're going to like bitch about current affairs, talk about the episode. So I can't wait for Loudy Mouth. Yeah, I can't wait for you to join it. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. That'll start later. I won't say the month because your episode's going to air after we start it. So you've probably already been on Loudy Mouth. So <laughs> at this point. Maybe. Maybe. All right, Beth, today. Oh, well, first I have to start with my first question. You guys in Lady Mouth might have noticed every episode I say, how did we meet? Whether it's someone I've known for 15 years or someone I just met on Twitter. I just like that question. It adds some happy, fun familiarity. So Beth, my love, how did we meet? Because I don't even remember this. You don't remember? I don't remember. I remember us being loud. Okay, so my sister and I became a part of a, well, my sister brought me into a group of lady friends, and um, we all went out to this one restaurant, Earth and Bread or something like that. Oh, Earth, Bread and Brewery in Chestnut Hill, Germantown. Yeah. Yeah, I love that place. So Michelle and I met there. Um, I, I'm scared to tell you what year that was because you're not going to believe me. No, tell me what year. Tell me. 2012. Oh my God, that was eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. So, so we met eight years ago through a group of girlfriends, and um, I had we just having a ladies' night. I'm sorry. We were we were having a big ladies' night. There was a bunch of us there. Um, I was kind of hanging out with like my triathlon people because there was a there was two of us that were training for a triathlon. Um, or thinking Are you about an it. Iron and woman now? I am not an iron woman. I am an iron girl, which is totally different. I did not do 140.6 miles, so please don't give me kudos for that. But I, iron is in your title now. I think you deserve fucking kudos, no matter, you know? Buddy, You're thanks. Iron Beth, for fuck's sake. I'm just an iron bitch. <laughs> so, so we met there and, um, don't remember what sparked the conversation, but for whatever reason, Michelle was on one end of the table, I was on the other, and we decided, oh no, it was at the Greek restaurant that happened. Michelle and I were sitting next to each other at a Greek restaurant at another girls' night, and wow. that's when the obnoxiousness of loudness happened between the two of us, and that really solidified the friendship at that point. Oh my God. Only Being a couple a weeks later. Yeah, yeah, and being a loud bitch is very important to me, you know? You're a Jew. I'm a wasp. It's in our blood. <laughs> I know. And, you know, the Spanish, too. I'm like, yeah. I mean, my mom is so fucking loud. You ever watch Modern Family? No. Why not? All right. Well, there's a scene where Sofia Vergara, she's talking loudly on the phone in Spanish. And it's it's like Dino. <laughs> and, and Ed O'Neill's like, is that happy? She's like, of course, is that happy talk or is that fat, mad anger talk? He's like, she's like, of course it's happy talk, silly. What else would it be? And he's like, I don't know. That's exactly my mom and my dad. Right. Right there, you know, in a nutshell. Except my dad's Jewish, not Irish, but. That's okay. Yeah. But yeah, so that's how we met. We met through a wonderful group of women um, that were coming together from so many different areas of interest. So it was super cool. 
It was super cool, Beth. I I don't remember what we talked about, but all I remember is our bond is, besides being loud bitches, we're just outspoken and we will talk about anything. Yes. And I admire the hell out of you. You're like an iron goddess, you know? I call everyone a goddess. Sorry. I love it. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) I will not be insecure for celebrating my female friends. Absolutely not. You shouldn't be. I know. It's a thing. Sorry. Quarantine's got me a little anxious. It's been a while. I'm just really happy to see you. I'm really happy to have you here and what we're discussing today, which is uh, an issue that is extremely big for both of us. And I, it's funny because Beth and I just reconnected after a while. I wanted to see how her daughter was doing. Um, It's been a couple of years. I had been wondering who I was going to do this episode with because ever since I started the podcast, I knew that I wanted to have as many episodes about women's reproductive health as I can. Whoever wants to talk about whatever. Specifically, I'd like to talk about abortion, but you know, we'll get there. I'm not going to bring it up. If it comes in natural flow, it comes in natural flow. Beth, I want you to talk about what's important to you about women's reproductive rights and health. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And um, what is super... No problem. This is a super important uh, uh, issue right now. Um, little background on myself and my reproductive um, health is uh, I have PCOS. It took me seven years to uh, get pregnant with our daughter. Uh, $20,000, 40 pounds of weight loss, one surgery, and I can't tell you how many pokes, prods, and injections in my butt. So, oh my God. Super, super important to me and my family. Um, without reproductive science and reproductive health, my daughter would not be in the other room watching my worst show ever, SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh no, mine was Caillou, but uh, SpongeBob made my younger daughter cry, so SpongeBob was banned in this house. Sorry, Tom Kenny, I love you, but can't do SpongeBob. Not a SpongeBob person myself, but she loves it. So that's why it's so important to me. And the one thing I, I want to make incredibly clear is reproductive rights and reproductive science is so incredibly important. And, yes. um, you know, one thing that Michelle and I were talking about when we were discussing this episode was um, pro choice, pro life. Um, you brought up a very good point. To be pro-life is to be pro-choice because without being pro-choice, we could potentially lose the life of the woman, not just the fetus. It's also more than just abortions. It's the rights to affordable birth control, the rights to affordable reproductive health and medicine. So turning this around turning pro-life into a positive as I am pro the woman's life. Now that is a fucking awesome statement. And I am on board with that. And, you know, I am pro-choice. I've had an abortion. I have no regrets about my abortion. Same. Yep. See, I knew we'd bring it up naturally. Yeah. (laughs) That's all we have to say about that. We don't have to go into that. But, um, you know, and without that abortion, I would never be the thriving person with my two daughters that I am today, you know? Without the abortion, again, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have my daughter now. And, you know, you might have anyone skeptical about the statement I just made. Let me clarify. I did not have PCOS when I had my abortion. Uh, PCOS came after 
So be it the kismet of the universe or whatever, um, it just took me a little longer. And, you know, without the sciences, I wouldn't have her. Exactly. And now look at you. You're a beautiful, thriving woman with a beautiful, thriving family. And I'm bringing up a strong-willed, sassy girl. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a, a Lady Mouth episode on that, too. Maybe you should join us for that one. Um, I'm doing an episode on, uh, it's called Girls, Girls, Girls. And it's Love it. a, me and my friend Maggie, who is a nurse practitioner, so she's very like you. We are doing an episode of Mothers of Girls. So maybe you should join in on that. We'll have a three-way. Totally. Yeah. Hey. Hey. What? what? A nurse three-way. Well, I'm not a nurse, but that's okay. Medical professional. Medical professional. You know, uh, just so everyone knows, I recently quit my medical professional job until we get in green phase here because in my medical professional job, people weren't wearing masks or disinfecting and... I don't care if you think I'm taking the blue pill. Fuck y'all. Wear a mask. I'm not, I'm not fucking around with this shit. I have an autistic daughter, and her health comes before your motherfuckers not wearing masks. Amen. <laughs> so let's get back, Beth. Yeah. All right. So you had PCOS. Still do. Still PCOS. Still do. Really? What oh, yeah. struggle? What now? All right, I'm sorry. I, I should know this. Can you tell me exactly what PCOS stands for? Okay, so the, the acronym PCOS stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, it is not a reproductive disorder as most people would assume. No, cystic it, would be cells, right? Because psi is cells. No, 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 it's oh. cyst. Um, it's actually cyst oh, on your sorry. ovaries. Um, it's actually an endocrine disorder. Oh, because wow. your endocrine system is what um, secretes all of the hormones into your body to all of your different body systems. And with PCOS, your your female hormones and your male hormones are out of balance. And again, that goes back to your thyroid, part of your endocrine system. So um, it's an endocrine disorder, not a reproductive disorder as it is usually thought of. Um, okay. It affects more than just your ovaries. Yes, it's polycystic ovarian syndrome. So it's also known as the ring of pearls. Uh, it is seen with, you'll see multiple follicles uh, that sit on your ovaries, but they never come off of your ovaries to give you your monthly gift. Um, what happens is, is that they sit on your ovaries and they become cysts. And um, like a, a lot disgusting pearl necklace. It, it, yeah, it's worse than the pearl necklace boys want to give you. It's <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> They just sit there and they block ovulation. They thicken the lining of your ovaries and cause a lot of issues. And it's all because of your lovely uh, progesterone, estrogen, and um, testosterone being out of whack. So somebody with PCOS usually, and by the way, it's very different for every individual. So I will speak for myself and no one else. My testosterone levels are through the roof, my free testosterone. Um, I have more free testosterone than most men in their 20s and 30s. Wow. Okay. Um, what does that mean for you personally? So what that means is you have a, uh, you get what's called hewitism, which is excess hair growth. So I, I joke that I, may, uh, that I grow a better goatee than, than most boys. <laughs> 
So true. I shave, I shave my face. Um, my arms have excess hair. My abdomen has excess hair. My lower back has excess hair. And you can say it's because I'm Italian and I'm hairy. No, it's the PCOS. Thank you. Um, if you could grow a goatee though, I want to paint it like you. I can't grow a full goatee right now, but like under my chin, down towards my Adam's apple, that whole area is covered. Oh, the pencil and thing, douche beard. No, no, not the douche beard. I can, I could grow a full, like, I don't know how long it would grow, but I mean, it, 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 it all grows underneath my chin and gets really dark and gross. Oh, yeah, my mom has those chin whiskers. I pluck them out. Oh, yeah, yeah, pluck them out. I have too many to pluck out, so I shave. Um, oh, God. Another thing that PCOS means to me is um, it has thrown off my insulin levels, so I am insulin resistant. So my body has excess sugar, which then when you have excess sugar, it creates yellow soft abdominal fat, and that's how it's stored as energy. Like adipose? Adipose tissue, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, so I have that lovely large and in charge spare tire. Um, fine. It is what it is. Uh, what else does it do to me? Um, I sometimes miss my cycle. Sometimes I get my cycle every month. Um, I tried an IUD for 18 months and it turns out that it doesn't work for me. So, you know, we were using birth control to first, we were trying to use it for one reason, then another. And then we said, this isn't working. So we pulled the IUD and then we went to oral contraceptives, not to get keep me from getting pregnant because that's a miracle in and of itself for me. It was actually used to stimulate uh, a regular menstrual cycle every month. Oh, wow. No, so, anything, any treatments that can be done for PCOS? I mean, can like removing the thyroid or uh, mm-hmm. what about the gland that makes the progesterone? I mean, uh, the uh, testosterone. So- Without having a, um, a map in front of me, and I'm a lowly LPN who's been out of school for 10 years, so to remember the full endocrine system and which organ does what, I can't remember if it's pituitary, if it's uh, thyroid, your, uh, there's too many that I can't remember who does yeah, what. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, again, I so, have been a massage. But treatments, you're asking about treatments for PCOS. Um, the one that the doctors like to go to immediately is uh, a drug called metformin, which is usually used for diabetes type 2. Yes, yes. Well, they use it for PCOS to kind of help with the insulin resistance and, um, you know, it actually helps you lose weight as well. Um, I'm not a candidate. I tried it. We did metformin 500 milligrams once a day. Um, and when we were trying that, I found that my legs were cramping and I was having this horrible discomfort and I was thinking, oh, it's because I'm working 11 to seven. It's not anything else. It turns out that I was in a very serious crisis called lactic acidosis, which can cause cardiac arrest. Oh gosh. So as a- Lactic acid was building up on all your muscles? Not just my muscles. It was building up in my bloodstream. And going to oh my oh my god, that's awful. Yes, so that usually is not seen clinically in your twenties and thirties. That's usually seen later in life in your seventies and eighties. So um, once again, I get an anomaly from this disease, and I can't do the traditional treatments. So 
metformin off the table. Then you can use other um, diabetic medications, um, but unfortunately they cause swelling and weight gain. So with already being a woman of plus size, they didn't want to put me at any more danger uh, gaining weight. So now what about bariatric surgery? Is that uh, we, uh, Monica? I love you so much, Monica. Uh, my sister and I Can have. She get some? I will not speak of my sister's health. Oh, that sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. that's okay. Um, but my sister and I had a lot of conversations, um, and a couple of girls that um, I met through Monica and how I met Michelle have had bariatric surgery. So I talked to a few of them about it. Unfortunately, due to our lovely healthcare system, um, my insurance does not cover bariatric surgery, even though I'm one of the primest candidates you could ever see. I was going to for- say, like, I mean, surgery. I would say a gastric sleeve would be it. For Correct. You. you don't need to go to Wadnall or ruin no. Yeah. I didn't want to do the X, the root X and Y. I didn't want to do the switch. Um, I, I actually the switch researched. saved my life, but everyone has a different, you know. It but. really depends on your needs, and my yeah. needs it's were the sleeve. For the sleeve. Yeah. yeah. So I actually looked into sleeve surgery. Um, unfortunately, my insurance does not cover sleeve. Not no bariatric one. surgery. Nothing. Oh my God. Can, mm-hmm. Isn't there anything we can do about that? A GoFundMe? No, okay. <laughs> I will GoFundMe your bariatric gastric we, sleeve. We are not. We are not GoFunding for a gastric sleeve. What we're going to do is we're going to be very proud of what we were given by the universe or God. I'm personally a God person, so yeah. I'm going to be proud of what God gave me. I'm going to rock what God gave me, and um, you know, I'm going to live my life. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, uh, that's a future episode about, yeah, you know, don't, I mean, uh, I, I got a lot of blame from ex-friends on vanity for getting weight loss surgery. That's a future episode. But yeah, uh, you know, I agree. Love who you are. You know, I mean, Beth, I have always thought you were just awesome. Thank I never you. looked at your size or shape. I just saw Beth, you know. Totally reciprocated. Totally reciprocated. Awesome. Thank you. I don't think you knew me when I was a fatty, fat, fatty, but... I didn't. I met you post-surgery. Oh, okay. Um, and listen, you know, surgery, If I'll tell you right now, if I could get surgery, yeah, I would totally do it. And yes, I just said, oh, be proud of what God gave you. I still would be proud of what God gave me, but I'd also be proud that God gave us science so we could do that and save my life. (laughs) Exactly. I think a lot of the fans of God, they don't know that God created science, right? That's their thing. Shouldn't they believe that? If that what said they believe. Um like why would God not create science if he didn't want to help you? That's why, you know, you know, let's not talk about how I'm an atheist. But anyway. That's another episode. Creationism versus religion and all that. You should crap. do that for an episode. That'd be great. I told you I wanted to do that one. Oh, okay, yeah, we'll do that. It'll be our third episode. I said G O D isn't a dirty word. Anyway, so back I, to women's yeah. health. Um I have, unfortunately, in our healthcare system today, um, I'm not going to blame, you know, President Cheeto. I'm not going to blame President Obama. I'm just going to say there needs to be better healthcare reform across the board, no matter who put the laws in place for women's health and women's rights. Um, I have been blocked on many different avenues. And if I were any other person, I'd probably just throw my hands up in the air and say, well, fuck it. I'm just, I don't care anymore. This is my journey. 
Yeah. No, I'm, so instead, no, I'm going to speak out and I'm going to work as hard as I can to try and get some reforms within women's health and women's reproductive health, more or less. And Beth, um, may I ask, what is your favorite organization to help with the empowerment and involvement of women's reproductive health reform? Because I will make a donation in your honor when your episode airs. I do that for all my guests. Thank you. Um, Planned Parenthood. Because That's what I was thinking too, but I didn't want to assume. Well, thank you for not assuming. And it's not just, again, we're not just going to the A word today. Um, the reason I'm such an advocate for Planned Parenthood is that Planned Parenthood makes women's reproductive health affordable for people who yes. normally wouldn't be able to afford yes. women's health. I went to Planned Parenthood before and after my abortion for my birth control when I lived in Philly. As did I. Yeah, I was a I was a horse carriage driver. What money was I making? I didn't have insurance. Planned Parenthood on 13th and uh, in Center City, that was where I was, and they closed that one. I was um, I was actually down in North Carolina when I had mine, and um, living in Charlotte. And don't know if they're still open or not, but um, let me tell you how scary being in the South wanting an abortion is. Oh my God. I am, I am waiting with bated breath. It, you know, it was, it was very uncomfortable. It was very nerve wracking, especially since the individual that I was in a relationship with was a person of color, mm -hmm. a minority. And you had me, a, a young super a white girl, 20 year old white girl yeah. walking into a clinic and, you know, feeling fearful. Yeah. Now. The protesters outside. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. You know, it's you want to hear something interesting. The day of my, the day of my abortion, there were no protesters outside. A year later, when I was walking in for women's health and nothing to do with abortion, there were protesters outside. And as mm -hmm. I opened the door, went to open the door, someone said, "Don't kill your baby." And then I was pissed. I'm like, I'm having my Janine Garoppolo moment in Dogma, and I. <laughs> Spun on my heel back at them and flipped my hair and I said, I already killed my baby last year and I walked right in. <laughs> I was so pissed. Fucking protesters. Now, but protesters are evolving as well. They're getting more violent. They're blocking yeah. cars. Protesters uh, against Planned Parenthood and any kind of abortion clinic are terrorists in my eyes. I mean... Well, not terrorists, but they're extreme. They are, they're fear mongers. Yeah, extremists who yes. are psychopaths who are ready to, to, to run you over in their car while you're right. pregnant. And I mean, mine was, uh, let's see, I was 20. Well, yours was almost 18, 20 years ago. 18, so mine was 18 years ago, 19 years ago. And so. Indies in North Carolina. No, no, it was actually 2002. Oh, okay in North Carolina. So they weren't as extremist. Um, however, again, I said I was with somebody that was a person of color and it was after 9-11. So oh, wow. that played another little interesting tidbit in there. Yeah, I'm sure. So uh, it was it was concerning, but I, I, as a young woman, I was scared. And so 
for me. Twenty-four. I was scared. Yeah, I, I did. I speak up. No, I just I went head down, hat on, walked in, knew what I had to do, did what I had to do because, frankly, I was looking at myself from a health standpoint because I was not making good choices uh, when I was living down there. Uh, I was looking at myself as a potential parent. Um, yeah. Didn't think that was a good idea because of my poor choices. Everything went back to my poor choices, and so. I just knew that this wasn't the right time for me. And I will say that Planned Parenthood worked very closely with me through my process and after my process. And after my process, we talked about a lot of different types of birth control. And I said, you know, I'm a massage therapist part-time. I have four jobs. I can barely make ends meet. So I don't know if I can afford birth control. And they said, no, no, honey, you know, that's why you're here we're going to make it affordable for you because we don't want you to have to make hard decisions again. I remember that I paid $60 for my Depo Provera shot <sighs> when I got the Depo. I stopped. Yeah, that was, I'm on IUDs now. The Morena is my best friend. Guess what, Beth? She's a fucking bitch. What? Okay, I just got my third and final one because get this, now that I'm 42, my wonderful gynecology team, I call them the OB-GYN Kenobis, um, <laughs> they told me that I could just leave this shit in until I hit menopause and then I'm done. What, what? Um, Yay, no babies. Marina's a fucking bitch. What did she do to you? She loves me, except when she when she likes to fuck me that first time, she makes me scream a lot, and it's not in the good way. Yeah, no, she she was bad to me for eighteen months. Um, apparently, I got a low lying infection that stayed localized in my uterus for eighteen months. Oh my God. And I would have this brown. Sorry, guys, but we're talking. No, about no, re- we're talking about women's health. Don't sorry. Yes. So um, I was having a brown, like it basically was like a bloody, muddy discharge every couple of days. And then anytime I had sex, I would have this odd discharge. And everyone said, give it six months, give it six months. And I was like, you know, I'm giving it six months, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It then started causing a um, skin irritation um, uh, downstairs with the lady bits. So I finally, after 18 months, I'm like, get this bitch out of me. I do not like her. Um, had her take, I was explaining my problems. And so my OB was very concerned, which by the way, my OBGYN is amazing. Dr. Karen Hancock, big ups. I love you at Stone Ridge OBGYN. Um, (laughs) Dr. Hancock was very honest with me and said, so I think we need to take it out if you're having these issues and it's been going on for a year. And then the big scary word came out. Uh-oh. I want to, I want to do a biopsy. Oh, is that a big scary word? I never thought of that as one. Cause I got a cold cone biopsy a few years ago. All right. I was scared that I was going to have chick cancer. Okay. So she wanted to do a biopsy of my uterus. And yeah. as a woman who has PCOS, one of the biggest, um, numbers for cancer is uterine cancer. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I have PCOS and now I might have uterine cancer, which is like the biggest fear for all of us. So we did the biopsy a couple weeks later. And the only reason we did the biopsy is after we took the bitch out, I started um, passing clots the size of baseballs. Oh, God. Um, that blood the- was clotting behind it or 
No, I actually, what happened was, is once we pulled the marina and we took the hormones away from me, um, I started shedding a lot of lining and bleeding. Like, I mean, bleeding. Like, I was wearing two postpartum pads and I bled through during a double shift at work to the point where I had to drive home, change my scrubs, change my pads, and go back to work and wear two pads at once just to get through the night. So call the doctor about that. They're like, so we want to do a biopsy. I'm like, fuck, I might have cancer. Um, Yeah, that's a scary thing to go through. Yeah, so I talked to one of my girlfriends, um, Melissa is another nurse colleague of mine, um, and she also has PCOS. So we were talking about it, and I was like, so I have to get this biopsy done. She said, I'm coming up to you. I'm going with you. I said, okay. I said, but you don't have to because she lives in Jersey. She's like an hour and a half away. She said, no, no, I'm coming up. And you can't stop her when she has her mindset. So she came up, we did the biopsy, didn't have cancer, found out it was a low-lying infection that stayed in my uterus for 18 months. Um, and I am never allowed to have another IUD placed again. Oh, good. So Jesus they wanted, Christ. well, then they wanted to do the, the implant in my arm. And she, my, my doctor, again, Dr. Hancock, I love you, but um, she was really pushing to do the arm implant. And I was at the point where the invasive birth controls made me very uncomfortable. And instead of listening to my practitioner and saying, okay, you know better than me, nah, bitch, I know my body. And I know my body apparently does not like these invasive birth controls. So I said, we're doing the pill. She said, well, you're not a good candidate for the pill. I said, well, I can't do NuvaRing because I smoke. So guess what? We're doing the pill. And she what, agreed. What constitutes a good candidate for the pill? Young and 18? No, uh, you can take the pill in your 30s, but if you're a smoker as I am, um, you... I smoke with the marina either, and I, I smoke with it. Yeah, I, I smoked with the marina too. Um, <laughs> any birth control, like let's put this out there for the ladies that don't Why know. Why do they say you can't smoke with them? I've been smoking with... Strokes, control strokes, you're at risk for strokes. I'm not getting this. Well, I probably will. Oh my gosh. Seriously, Mix, don't do that. The I'm minute you say it. that, you're going to get know, it. I'm going to get a stroke right now and I won't be don't. able to finish my interview and then I'll be pissed. Yeah. So don't say that. So women out there that don't know if you are a smoker and you're on birth control, bad idea. Um, birth control can cause strokes. It's a horrible, horrible thing. And it's the last thing you want to have happen to you. So I'm currently not taking birth control. Uh, and I have uh, both my both my hands up with my fingers crossed, praying for of all things menopause to happen. Yeah, yeah. because once I go into menopause, I get to get my hysterectomy that I want. I am waiting for my hysterectomy, and uh, I could do elective, but that means that I would have to pay for it in full. And there are health risks associated with an early hysterectomy, uh, it encroaches on your cardiac health. Oh. So um, we're not going to do that. So uh, Dr. Hancock and I had a long conversation about it. And what's best for me, not everybody, but for me is to, as soon as I show signs of uh, menopause, we are going to go ahead and do a full hysterectomy. Um, I, I'm, I'm still on the fence on if I'm going to do the oophorectomy or not. What's an oophorectomy? Uh, so the for a full hysterectomy, it's called a bilateral salpingo oophorectomy. 
with hysterectomy. So that means they take your, the salpingo is your fallopian tubes and oophorectomy is the removal of your ovaries. Bilaterally. I know what that means. There you go. <laughs> so I'm actually thinking about keeping my ovaries because even though they're, they're basically like geriatric at this point, they still give me some hormones. So I do want to get busy with my hubs. Yeah. So I kind of want to keep them, but I want my uterus out and I want my fallopian tubes out. I agree. Well, I mean, for you. Yes. Not me. I, uh, I'm hoping that when I hit menopause, I will still be like the same person, but I, I won't most especially give a fuck as I don't give a fuck now. I think it'll be more when I've heard that when women hit menopause, there's just this freedom that overcomes you and you're like, oh yeah, I'm a real woman now, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. I'm, I, I'm just excited to get the hysterectomy for one reason only. It then takes as one, it takes away one more cancer I could get, which means that gives me more chance to spend more time with my daughter that we spent a lot of money and time creating. Yeah, exactly. No, that's great, Beth. That's yeah, man. Um, so we have talked a lot and we have talked about uh, some fun uh, things women can go through with their vages. Um, let's talk about what you really want to say to women about vag health and how to protect it. I know you've said some stuff before, but if you have some other serious things that you really want to stress, I want to give you the form to do that now. Thank you. Okay. Where, okay. There's so many places I can begin. Um, to know me is to know that I take things to a place of humor to deal with it. So let's go there. Um, ladies, your bits sweat. It's called swamp fadge. It's very natural and Okay. So what? You sweat a little. Um, do I recommend- I'm not going to like pussy smell. I mean, it was no, no, natural I- woman scent. No, no, not pussy smell. Pussy smells totally different than what I'm talking about. I'm talking okay. about swampy, sweaty vag. Like you've heard of swamp ass? Yeah, or swamp crotch. Right. Okay, so I call it swamp vag because I think it sounds better and it's more vulgar. No, no, vag is fun. <laughs> and, and you, you see, this is why we bond because we both have an absolute 1000% love for vulgarity and inappropriate speak. So exactly. swamp badge, totally normal. And I mean, do are there things I do to combat my swamp badge? Absolutely. I wear wicking underwear, cotton underwear. Um, don't spray your pussy with oh, spray deodorant. Please don't do that because then it clogs your pores and then you could get pimples down there. And then you're looking at all sorts of infections. Okay. Don't spray your puss, okay? If you want to do anything, pat the <laughs> with a little bit of powder and you're good. Don't be embarrassed by it. It's it's every it happens to everybody. Us ladies of the heavier size, it happens to us a little bit more. Don't be embarrassed by your bits, okay? If you have a fupa as I do, <laughs> it's a pillow for the person's nose going down on you. Oh, that's sweet. I should tell my boyfriend that, but I don't think I have one. Okay, no, I have a, I have a raging poopa and I'm proud of it. <laughs> if your labias are a little bit long, it's okay. Go, don't worry about the looks of the things because really I, I can honestly say in my slutty days, you know, once upon a time before I was married, um, 
not one individual that I was sleeping with took a magnifying glass and a flashlight and looked at my bits to say, you know, I don't want to fuck you because of that. Okay. You know, that's so funny because that's never in my experience, it's barely ever a guy insecurity. But in my experience, like I've looked at myself and I'm like, am I too dark? And I asked my best friend that and she goes, have you ever watched a porno? I'm like, no, I don't watch porn. I mean, I don't care if other people watch it. I just don't dig on it. She goes, every vag is dark. I'm like, okay, I'm feeling better about my dark vag now. I thought it was the Spanish. I don't know. You want me to send you a snapshot? I can because they are all dark um, and they all come in different shapes and sizes. And yeah, celebrate being... your vag, guys. Like your we vag talk... is your power. We talk about positive body image. Guess what? Your vagina is part of your body. Celebrate it. It is what it is. Let oh it be your God, power. Yeah. What the hell you want to call it? Don't I be so my insecure. I mean, I will joke about my long labias, my fupa, and my swamp badge all fucking day long. You know why? Because I'm proud of it. My husband doesn't seem to care. We've procreated. We've had sex. It never bothered him from the beginning. So celebrate your puss. <laughs> when I say that, I don't want you just to celebrate your puss. I want you to take care of her. You only yes. get one. That means if something seems different, you're going to call your doctor. You're going to talk to somebody about it. If your menstrual cycle starts getting a little funky, you're going to call about it. If you start having pain with certain things or discharges with certain things, you're going to call your doctor. Take care of her. She's your only one. Exactly. I mean, um, I am the first person to call consult a doctor when something in my body is off. And being a massage therapist for almost a decade now, the one thing that I am extremely aware of, even including with the bariatric surgery, is my body. Your body talks to you every day. You just have to listen. The other thing, the, a couple other points I want to make. Um, just because I had a kid and Mix had a kid, that doesn't make us women. Never, ever feel pressured to feel as though you have to have a child because that makes you a woman. No. What makes you a woman is your chromosomes, not what comes out of your vagina or your abdomen, however you have your child. Um, don't feel that pressure. Don't, if that is not a life goal of yours, it's okay. And don't let anybody change that about you. You don't want to have kids, don't have children. And if you, you know, do- I love the stance we both have. We're both breeders, but we're like, people don't breed. Please don't. If you, if you don't want to breed, breed, don't breed. There are people out there that shouldn't. People okay? should not be forced. And, you know, people prego trap people. People manipulate women into getting pregnant. You know, it's just a, we'll do a separate episode on that one day. You know, it's just. I celebrate the women in my life who have said, you know what? Motherhood is not for me, but I will love children. It's not about, you don't, it's not that you don't like kids or whatever. It's just not in your lifestyle. And you know what? Exactly. Live your life for who you are, not what society thinks you should do. If you end up getting married or you're in a committed relationship and someone asks you when you're going to have children and you say, you know, I don't really think that that's in the cards for us and they give you that stank face, that's when you turn around and say, okay, bye. You know, you don't have yeah, to. Exactly. You don't have to explain yourself to anyone. If you don't want to have children, don't have children. Don't let any individual in this world, male, female, whatever, 
challenge your what you consider is your life and and your choices for your life. If you don't exactly, want to have kids, guys, don't. personal um, ethics. Yeah, you know what's best for you. You are the captain of your fate and the master of your soul. Nobody Amen. else. Nobody else possesses you, and definitely nobody possesses your fucking reproductive system. And lastly, birth control. Um, it's a very sensitive topic, and due to our political climate and our healthcare system right now, um, birth control is an issue. And please remember, birth control is not just about keeping you from getting pregnant. It is also a hormone replacement that we use. Um, if you don't have resources to get affordable uh, birth control, we need to start Googling it. We need to look into it uh, so we can get you what you need because your body is so important to you. And if you're in a hormonal imbalance, it throws off every part of your being. Of course. Now, may I ask a question? Of course. Um, now, I don't know if the hormones that um, transgendered uh, people go through for their treatments are similar to hormones that may help women, but what about combining the two? Because it seems like when you're doing your transition, whether you get tea or you get estrogen, it seems like there are larger quantities. I, is that accurate at all? Or is that something that can be a solution for women's reproductive health as well? Or any kind of hormonal, hormonal imbalance with any gender? Yes. I mean, there are men out there. Um, I want to celebrate you guys too here. Um, there are men out there that have reproductive issues um, because of something called low T, low testosterone. Um, there are patches out there for men. There's gel out there for men to increase their testosterone to potentially give them a better likelihood of getting uh, a woman pregnant. Um, the problem with reproductive health is, and it's not a problem, it's just a challenge. Every patient is so gosh darn different from the next that what works for me, patient A, might not work for patient B. So it's a challenge that our medical community has been working on for a very long time. Um, what works for the goose doesn't work for the gander. And they're trying to figure out, you know, what are other treatment options that we can create, not just for male, female, but for transitioning, transgender, everything. So there's a lot to look forward to, um, hopefully, I say, because of, again, I hate saying it, our political climate. Um, yeah, it's a you know, word. It, it is, it's and it's word. a douchey buzzword, but it's very true. And really um, it is, but it works because, yeah. you know, reproductive health and, and just, you know, health in general is is really in a scary place right now. Yeah. So I'm hoping that our sciences that I love so much aren't blocked as they're being kind of blocked right now through COVID-19. I know, another topic for another well, day. Wait, no, but you know what, though? I know we wanted to talk about COVID. So let me just mm -hmm. in, impart something I learned from Morgan's uh, NP. She said COVID is being treated immediately, but the after effects of COVID aren't. And that is something that 
incenses me because I know people who have gotten COVID and survived and they're still working. They're fucking, you know, EMT hospice NYC nurse jobs, you know, and what happens when they get brain damage? You know, what happens when they, I mean, is COVID going to make strokes with people? Are we finally going to the zombie apocalypse after people <laughs> who have been infected by COVID start turning a little freaky? Okay, so first of all, to my fellow frontline essential workers, I thank you all for the hard work, dedication, and love yes. that you're putting in every day at work. For my COVID patients that have been positive and have uh, recovered, Amen. I've been praying for you guys every day. I'm so glad to hear you recovered. To your question about post-COVID, there is something called post-COVID syndrome. Um, it does, from what I've heard, I haven't read enough about it yet, so I don't want to sound like a professional here. Yeah, of course. Um, Post-COVID, I hear that there's a lot dealing with the pulmonary system and the lungs. So yes, there's a lot of stuff that happens afterwards. And since it's such a new novel thing, um, we're still getting a lot of data from it and, you know, we haven't gotten full answers yet, but yeah, there, there are some major issues. I work in a nursing home and, you know, do I see people who were on ventilators that, oh my gosh, a 70 year old got off a ventilator, good Lord. Um, wow. The fact that they're now having lung issues that they didn't have before, you know, yes. And it's, it's sad to see. And people can say, oh, well, they're elderly. Yeah, well, they were elderly who had COVID and didn't have pulmonary issues prior. So shut your face. Um, so, yeah, we are seeing a lot of different types of things. Um, and they're studying a lot of post-COVID and what's going on and how it's going to affect the body long term. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, uh, that affects everyone, not just women, everybody. But I just wanted to... It's something we had discussed about prior to this episode. So I did want to bring it up because I yeah. think COVID should be brought up in episodes once in a while because it doesn't need to be the it doesn't need to be the spotlight, but it definitely should be a point because it's it's our world it right stops now. Stops women's reproductive health. What if women yep. become infertile and then there's like a period where there is way less breeding and then I actually think that would be good personally I need people to stop <laughs> fucking breeding but if COVID stops women's reproductive like uh, abilities and we have a lot less population in the world would that be the worst thing but it the worst thing that if COVID caused that you know right right um with women's reproductive, I don't know if it'll, I don't know if COVID will yeah, affect we it. We don't it, know anything yet. Really. Yeah, we're in, we're in a real big state of flux that we don't know what's going to happen yet. We just have yeah. to wait and see. Um, but you guys really, you've got to take care of your bits. It's so, it's, it, I, I just can't emphasize how important it is because within those bits, those bits are connected to other body systems and those other body systems will get affected and then they'll affect other body systems. And it's a horrible chain reaction. So please, please take care of yourself. Take care of your bits. If things don't seem right, they probably aren't. Check your boobies for cancer. Another great thing to do. You can listen, email me. I love playing with boobies. So I have no problem doing breast yeah, exam. We're all about boobs here, <laughs> Lady Mouse. <laughs> so yeah. I was just going to say, may I just say something coming from a massage therapist perspective? Um, my clients never know, like probably 
80% of my clients never know. I have my shtick when I massage, you know, when people ask me about a crunchy or I'm popping some human bubble wrap, they're like, what is that? I'm like, essentially what sticks to your muscles is metabolic waste caused by emotional, physical, and mental stress. It's plaque. The plaque that sticks to your teeth, that's what sticks to your body. So, you know. It's like, and, and if you need a visual of what it looks like, okay, we've all seen, you know, we've, we've gotten plaque from our teeth. Um, the best way to explain it is toothpaste. It looks like toothpaste. It sticks your muscle fibers together like glue. And when it sticks those fibers together, you know, you get those closed pores with the sebum pouring in. I've gotten Bartholin cyst because of stress. It's disgusting. So again, I want to pony back, pony back, piggyback on, not pony back, on Beth's insistence. Please take care of your bits. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my girlfriend calls it she she calls it bits i usually call it tiddly bits but it's bits oh, you know yeah tiddly it bits may, is adorable it's how women identify it's one of the reasons women identify as women is our bits downstairs so if you don't take care of them you might not have them so just Scary. take care of them yeah and if you've had a child and things have changed after having the baby talk to your doctor about it. I can't stress, talk to your doctor. And if you're embarrassed, I really hope that you have friends like I have where I can literally call them about my poops and stuff, but I can call them about my periods. I can call them about discharge. If you don't have one of those friends, I will be that friend for you. That is very generous, Beth. I I, I think, you know, we'll put whatever, uh, Mark, you know, whatever social media you want to tag on this episode and guys, please know that I'm there too with you. I'm anything I talk about, I'm always around to, you know, you email me, whatever. I, I want to join Beth and her crusade because it's just as important to me. I want to join every guest I have in their crusade. You know, it's a network of crusades. It is. I'm, I'm trying to create a healing platform where we can all work together and not fight. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Right? Like, and not judge and be judgy and be a Karen. Yeah. I'm sorry for anyone whose name is Karen. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Karen has become the term for a bitchy woman. And those bitchy women, I even want them on my show. Get me Karens, guys. If you know a Karen, I want to interview her. I want to understand her. I'm known as a COVID Karen. I'm cool being a COVID Karen because (laughs) I, no, I've already, yeah, I can't say what I've done. Anyway. No, Beth, Beth. Protect yourselves, love yourselves, take care of yourselves, ladies. Wonderful words from one of the most amazing women I know, and I'm glad and honored to know you, Beth. And from all of my heart, thank you so much for speaking up today and sounding off your lady mouth. Opening your lady mouth, that's my phrase, whatever. Thank you for having me, and um, thank you for being a part of my platform and letting me get my platform out there. Exactly, and think, uh, you know, when I'll, I'll get that Planned Parenthood donation underway and then send it to you. It'll be in your name and we'll post it when your episode airs. I'm so excited. Yay. And thank you to all Planned Parenthood, anyone on Planned Parenthood on here. Thank you guys so much for taking care of our women. Yes. Thank you. 
Uh, honestly, this has been great. I love you. Thank you so much. Love you too. Thank you. And I can't wait to do another episode and hear this one air. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And yeah, we're, we're going to get a bath for a few things. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Morgan Phillips and I'm a human. And I'm Isabella Vallette and I'm also a human. But I was raised by fairies and now I'm taking my human friend Morgan in to meet all of the mythological creatures that I know. Every Sunday we meet a new mythological creature and interview them about their life in a modern day context. Such as... The Night King from Game of Thrones. Funicula, the friendly vampire brother of Dracula. We've met the Loch Ness Monster. Santa. The Volpertinga. The Devil. And a mermaid. And many more. We release all our interviews as a podcast called Off with the Fairies, where we interview a new mythological creature every week living in a modern day world. Come join us. A That's Not Kind of Productions podcast. Reproductive health, I have a child. <laughs> uh, you're talking to a paper. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.